0: Good morning, this is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The availability of intensive care unit beds at many Southern California hospitals has reached zero percent because of the explosion of COVID patients. Forecast predict if infection rates continue, there could be thousands of people in need of ICU beds in the region by early next month. Meanwhile, San Francisco's issued a pandemic travel order effective today. Anyone visiting or returning to the city from outside the Bay Area must quarantine for 10 days. Citing the surge in COVID cases and hospitalizations, Health Director Dr. Grant Colfax said, Imagine not having a hospital bed for your mom or your dad. Your grandmother or even your
2: child. Imagine them getting suboptimal care. Would you want that? I certainly wouldn't want
0: that. According to county data, ICU bed capacity in San Francisco stands at about 28%. The COVID pandemic has been tough for California's child care providers as well. Many have struggled to keep their doors open in order to care for the children of essential workers, and they're getting little support themselves. KQED's Katie Orr spoke with two women who are trying to make it all work.
1: Child care provider Katina Richardson has a lot on her plate these days. She's juggling kids aged two to nine.
2: Okay, you guys, let's make sure we use our inside voice.
1: And some new responsibilities as well. Remember, we have our school age kids here. Zoom in today. Richardson owns and operates the Littles' daycare out of her home in Hayward, California. The pandemic has presented a number of challenges, including dealing with distance learning. Normally, Richardson wouldn't see her older kids until after school got out. But with many of their parents working, she has made her home their school.
2: Now we're also juggling three to four different teachers that are Zooming with the children. So now we're finding quiet spaces so that they can kind of focus.
1: Richardson isn't doing it on her own. She has the help of her assistant and friend, Andrea Williams. Good
2: morning, Miss Andrea.
1: How are you this morning? Williams said she had another job working with autistic kids, but she stopped working there in an attempt to limit her social bubble.
2: This is her home, and then I go to my home, which I have a grandbaby that's three years old at my home. In and an my daughter mom, and an elderly mom. So I have to make sure that I'm safe at all times to make sure that they're safe when I go home.
1: It's a stressful situation for everyone. Richardson and Williams say they're constantly acting as teachers, trying to keep the kids protected and trying to keep Richardson's home extra clean. And while schools have budgets and staff and supply chains to help get them through, child care providers are largely on their own. These women say it can be exhausting. Everything has
2: just come down, even, you know, just washing their sheets, their blankets more often. And, and then herself, because she has to buy these extra supplies for her home to make sure that she's safe. I have to buy extra supplies for my home to make sure that I'm safe. And we didn't get anything for being essential workers.
1: Thousands of providers across the state have decided it's easier to close than to navigate the pandemic. The Department of Social Services estimates more than 2,400 providers have permanently closed. Thousands more have endured temporary closures after being exposed to COVID. In order to keep her doors open, Richardson and Williams make safety a top priority. They wear masks and face shields and try to limit their physical contact with the kids, who also wear masks. There are procedures in place for drop-off and pickup.
2: All the kids have to put their coats into a tote so that they're not touching. We have a thermometer. We're taking their temperatures and logging in daily as they're entering the daycare.
1: Richardson also bought plexiglass dividers she puts between the kids to help stop the spread of germs. She switched to paper plates and cups for mealtimes. She and Williams are constantly wiping down surfaces and toys. For the most part, Richardson says the children have adapted well.
2: The kids have really caught on. They really caught on. I'm really proud of them for what they do as little people.
1: Still, she says it's not fair to make providers like her handle the pandemic without more support. And the state needs to understand
2: that, that us as providers, I have not shut my door, not one day.
1: For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento.
0: For child care providers like the ones you just heard, there's now a direct line to state officials to make the case that more resources are needed to do the job safely. In fact, just yesterday, the newly ratified Child Care Providers Union had its second bargaining meeting with the state. Reporter Deepa Fernandez has more.
3: Health care workers and nursing home residents are the state's top priority for receiving the COVID vaccine. Child care workers might be next – but that's not top in the negotiating list for the state's tens of thousands of home-based child care providers, says Alexa Frankenberg, executive director of the
1: new union. You know, someone asked me the other day, are people excited about the vaccine? And it's like, people are trying to keep their doors open right now. They're trying to keep their families safe and healthy. That is still the area of, of major focus for child care providers.
3: 30 of these providers met virtually Thursday with state officials, where they presented a 10-point plan for improving working conditions. One demand was to continue the program that pays providers when they have to close their doors to quarantine due to a COVID case. And then there are the more basic needs the pandemic has presented.
1: There has been supplies and PPE that have been provided at various points. We are asking for an extension and regular
3: allocation of that. Also discussed was help for providers who've been forced to close during the pandemic so they can reopen. And the vaccine did come up, Frankenberg says.
1: This is a set of individuals that don't have paid sick days through an employer. And so how do we think about what is needed for those that are getting vaccinated and might have adverse reactions?
3: The next bargaining meeting is scheduled for January. For The California Report, I'm
1: Deepa Fernandez.
0: The United Farm Workers Union and two Foster Farms employees are suing the poultry company. They're asking a judge to immediately force Foster Farms to protect workers from COVID-19 inside one of the company's plants in the Central Valley. KQED's Alex Hall has that story.
4: The lawsuit argues that Foster Farms requires some employees at its Livingston plant to work within about two feet of each other, and that the company does not supply workers with masks or adequately inform them of safety protocols and sick leave benefits they may be entitled to. Plaintiff's attorney Monique Alonzo says Foster Farms has not complied with a health order issued by Merced County in August after an outbreak where just under 400 workers were infected and nine people died. Their compliance has
2: been incomplete. Uh, it's been inconsistent. And uh, they obviously need something a little stronger than the county of Merced saying you need to do this.
4: There are now three outbreaks at Foster Farms plants throughout the Central Valley. The company did not immediately comment on the lawsuit, but has said it prioritizes employee safety and that workers at the plant are being tested twice a week. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno.
0: That's the sound of a crowded restaurant and bar last night in San Diego, where lots of customers were seen eating indoors and not social distancing. Any place that serves food in San Diego is now allowed to reopen after a Superior Court judge ruled in favor of two San Diego strip clubs that defied the statewide shutdown order. From KPBS, here's Jacob Ayer.
3: Judge Joel Wolfell said that there was no compelling evidence that allowing restaurants to operate with health and safety restrictions, adds to the risk of spreading COVID-19. General Manager Alex Navarrete of Karina's Restaurant Group says the decision is a blessing during a difficult year. And now we have to get the word out now that we are open again indoors as well and outdoors and get our customers back in.
0: And and it is a, a glimmer of hope that now we can get maybe some income
3: for the employees. Businesses will still have to follow COVID-19 safety practices based on the state's tier system, which is linked to COVID spread. For the California Report, I'm Jacob Eyre in San Diego.
0: The state is appealing the San Diego judge's ruling to the 4th District Court of Appeals. In Sacramento, Democratic lawmakers are renewing a push to end mandatory prison sentences for certain drug crimes. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon reports.
4: Judges aren't always allowed to send drug offenders to rehab or probation, and State Senator Scott Weiner says they should be.
0: California helped pioneer mass incarceration in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, despite our progressive reputation, uh, and now it should be on California to help lead the way out of mass incarceration.
4: His bill would allow judges to choose between jail time, probation, or other options for nonviolent drug offenders who are convicted of crimes like possessing a half ounce of heroin or selling meth. The measure has support from liberal leaders in the criminal justice sphere, like newly sworn in Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon. Several other states have also relaxed mandatory sentencing laws in recent years. This will be the fourth iteration of this bill in California, Previous versions stalled after Weiner says they hit procedural roadblocks. For The California Report, I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento.
0: And now to our preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, KQED's Carly Severin reexamines the history of the Donner Party to uncover a deeper story about racism and injustice.
5: You might be familiar with this story. A band of 81 people traveling over the Sierra Nevada in covered wagons, imprisoned in snowdrifts as high as buildings, and forced to turn to cannibalism to survive. At least, that's the ghoulish shorthand version.
0: The way the story has been shaped and evolved over time, it really shows you where emphasis was placed when it came to human life.
5: That's Dalton Brown, a member of the Wilton Rancheria tribe outside of Sacramento. It was the land of his ancestors, the Miwok and Nisanan people, that these settlers were trying to reach in 1846. The last Donner Party survivor was brought down off the mountain just nine months before gold was discovered in California. And it was during this time of shocking change that the state's dark reckoning with the Donna disaster unfolded. Almost two centuries on, yes, the Donner Party is sometimes still treated like a pop culture punchline. But this saga might tell us a very different story about California and this nation as a whole.
0: KQD's Carly Severin, Her documentary about the Donner Party airs on this week's California Report magazine. You can tune into the show on this station or download the podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, December 18th, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with additional engineering from Seal Muller and Jim Bennett. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Alice Wolfley, and Holly J. McDeed. Our editor is Angela Corral. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Have a great day and weekend.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org and Paint Care, now with 770 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org.
1: Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on
4: it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Rand Abdel from ThruLine.